God, it's in these moments of worship. It's in these moments that your word says to be still and know that I am God. Lord, we sense your presence this morning and we're thankful for it. Thank you for the refreshing that comes through worshiping you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Can we just give a clap offering to the Lord this morning and thank him for his presence? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated this morning. Amen. God is so good. Amen. Such a, a great day. I uh, want to encourage you if... Um, you want to be part of the baptismal service to witness what's happening today, to, to stick around for second service. We'll be doing that at the end of second service today. So we have about four people that are going to be baptized today, making that public declaration of uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, They've already made a confession of faith as Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but just publicly being able uh, to do that. So looking forward to what's going to be happening then. And of course, uh, most importantly, uh, the task at hand today, what God's going to give us through His Word. Have you enjoyed this series? I mean, has it not been an amazing focus on what Jesus was seeing at the cross, what we imagine He was seeing at the cross? Uh, of course, we can only imagine what He was... Um, the sounds, the smells, the sights, uh, what He was seeing when He was uh, at the cross. And of course, we are we're leading up pretty quickly to Easter Sunday, and what a great Sunday. I want to encourage you, if you have uh, fam, uh, friends or family that's lost over the next few weeks, invite them to church. You know, next Sunday, I mean, I think next Sunday would be a great testimony to them as our youth take over the service and uh, use their gifts and talents. And um, Pastor Matt will be speaking that day. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to next Sunday. Both services, uh, they will have that. So come on out, support our youth, pray for them this week. Would you do that? Commit to praying for our of course, I know that you pray for them every week, but specifically be praying for our youth uh, this week and, and Matt as he's getting ready to teach as well, uh, because we want to have hearts that receive, amen? So Lord, today we open up our hearts to receive your word today as we've prepared our hearts in worship. God, we receive from you today in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are talking about the Easter experience um, in ways that we can only imagine. I don't know that we have the full grasp of what Jesus endured. How many of you have seen the, the movie, uh, I forgot what it's called now, Mel Gibson, Passion of the Christ? How many of you have seen that? I'm telling you, that is a movie well worth watching. Um, it came out several years ago. You know, the, the amazing thing that we'll, we'll get into this in just a little bit, but the amazing thing even about that movie is I don't know that it fully depicted the suffering that Jesus went through. For me and you. It doesn't fully depict it. I mean, there's only so much you can do with special effects. There's only so much you can do in a movie. And by the way, that movie was highly, highly criticized for the, just the goriness of it as it depicted the, the cross. Um, but here's what we're doing. We're, we're going to talk today about how Jesus was tortured by the Romans. And this is not something to make us cringe. Maybe it is. It's not really something that's, you know, to make us sick to our stomach. Maybe it is. Um, but it's really to have an understanding of what Jesus endured for you and me so that we could have life. I mean, you know, I have these moments that I want to challenge myself to fully understand, and, and there's no way possible, but to, to try as best I can to understand what Jesus endured for me. Because I'm telling you, when my sin is brought to light of his suffering, 
wow, it just puts a whole new perspective on my life and the sin that I just willingly do at times. puts a whole perspective on that. So we, we did talk about soldiers, excuse me, the first week, and that week was focused on their indifference. So we're going to take a little bit of a different view today. We talked about the people who rejected him and, and of course, today the, those who have tortured him. Each week, what we are presenting, though, with the Easter experience, we've asked this question, what will you do with Jesus? And so today, we're going to find out what we will do uh, with Jesus. Now, on Good Friday, this is a little bit of an advertisement, uh, Good Friday that's coming up next month, we have an annual crosswalk that is put on by a lady uh, here in town. And um, each year, I believe it has grown a little bit. So I encourage you, if you're not working on Good Friday, go ahead and mark your calendars to participate in this walk. We meet at Southside Baptist Church where we pick up a bus and that takes us up to Center Presbyterian. Um, and then we walk from Center Presbyterian kind of around the block a little bit past the it's a transmission shop now. First Presbyterian, thank you. Yeah, First Presbyterian. And um, walk right past that, go to several different churches along the way. And so um, it's, it's not that difficult of a walk, but I encourage you to be part of that. What we do on that walk is we remember the words of Jesus on the cross. And so there's a group of people that changes from station to station who carries the cross. They'll have the kids carry it from time to time. And again, it's just a remembrance of what that day uh, potentially was like. But of course, all of these things are extremely G-rated, aren't they? There's kids that are participating and uh, we, we've mentioned that before, how we kind of tend to G-rate the, uh, the crucifixion, and, and appropriately so, especially depending on the age group of, of people. But, but we remember that day. We remember the words Jesus said on the cross. We, we un, when we understand the misery that Jesus was in, it makes the fact that he could even talk that much more amazing. As much pain as he was in, as much suffering as he was in, that he could even, even get words to come out. Um. So if, if you've seen the Passion of the Christ, it's, it's relatively tame to the representation of the cross. And like I said, when the movie first came out, it was criticized because of the blood and the torture that he went through. But however, when we understand Roman crucifixions, we understand that they were extremely gruesome and extremely graphic. And we noted that these soldiers were used to it. To them, it didn't bother them. Uh, at all. You know, for, for those of you who are hunters, you know, you can go out and you can, uh, whatever you're hunting, you can kill it, you can skin it, you can do all those things. And I don't know, maybe the first time it bothered you, but uh, after that, you kind of, you know, it's just something that you do. Now that's for food. But think about it on a human level. We're talking about a human being now. And these soldiers had just become so, so used to it. But I, I remember in parts of that, just the movie alone, I had to close my eyes because of the things that I was seeing. And, you know, I know we have the big joke around here about pastors passes out at the sight of blood. I'll have you know I went to a pig thing Friday night and I didn't pass out, so they were butchering a pig. But anyway, I do. I tend to pass out at the sight of blood. That's not the reason that I had to close my eyes, though. It was because of the torture that just a movie depicted of our Savior on the cross. Our memory verse today talks about what Jesus went through, and this is Isaiah. Will you read this with me? But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. I want this verse to take on a whole new life for us today. To understand truly the torture that Jesus went through. Even for, before Jesus began to be physically beaten, we see the impact of the crucifixion upon him. 
Um, if you want to go ahead and turn to Matthew, we'll be there in just a few moments, Matthew 27. But I'm going to read to you from Luke 22, just one verse real quick. So if you're taking notes, it's Luke 22:44. We see Jesus' reaction even before he took the first stripe upon his back. It says, He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Now this has been questioned over the years. Is that even a thing? Is that something that can even actually happen medically? And is it real? Yes, it is. Here's a big word for you for those of you who like medical stuff. Maybe if you like medical stuff, you're aware of this. I'm going to try my best to pronounce it, but it's called hermatidrosis or maybe hermatidrosis. I'm not sure, but anyway, hermatidrosis. And it's caused by severe anxiety or stress. Now, we see that Jesus willingly went to the cross because he knew that he was doing the will of his Father. But he didn't do it with a carefree attitude of, here we go to do our ministry. No, there was severe anxiety. There was stress that he was going under because he knew not only... And here's just a question I have. It just kind of came to my mind. Obviously, the torture, the pain that he was about to go through, he understood, he, he knew of that. But even more so the separation that he was going to have with his father. Not only did Jesus take stripes upon, not only was he beaten and in severe pain, but he had to endure something that he had never done before, and that was to be separated from his father. Think about that for a moment. That he had to be separated. So this anxiety, this stress is setting in as he is preparing to go to the cross. Then he was beaten with the whip. Now most Romans... Their whips were braided leather with metal woven into them. I'm not going to paint too graphic of a picture, but you can imagine what that would do to human flesh. What it would do to bones, what it would do to muscles. The target area of the whip was from the shoulders to the legs. It's reported that six out of ten men died just from the beating that Jesus underwent. As if this wasn't enough, the soldiers then placed a woven thorny branch upon his head. Now something to understand about the head. Again, I'm not going to get too gruesome with this, although I think we need to have a little bit of an understanding. There's not a lot of feeling up in here, but there's a lot of capillaries, I think is the right word. Just think about if you've ever been cut before. Uh, this is pretty gruesome, right? But just the blood from that. I want us to get a picture this morning of what Jesus endured. He was tortured. Severe pain for me and you. Then, as if that wasn't enough, they put a robe on him and began mocking him and spit upon him. We'll pick this up in Matthew 27, verse 27. See what the scripture says. Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment. They stripped him and they put a scarlet robe on him. They wove uh, thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. And they placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. You get the picture of this mockery that's being set up. Then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him and grabbed the stick and struck him on the head with it. So the very thing they put in his hand to mock him with, they grabbed that out of his hand and they beat him with it. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe, put on his own clothes again. Then they led him away to be crucified. We said a few weeks ago, did the Romans fully understand what they were doing? Well, they had somewhat of an understanding, but no, I don't believe 
They fully understood what they were doing. If they knew that it was God who was standing before them, they would probably have shaken in fear and fallen on their face in fear for their life. But they understood where the Jews were coming from, that this guy was claiming to be the Son of God. So why would the Romans do this? Why did Jesus allow it to happen when he could have bowed out? There's a scripture that's in Matthew. If you want to write this down, Matthew 26, 53 will not be on the screen, but Matthew 26, 53 and 54 says, don't you realize, this is Jesus talking, don't you realize that I could ask my Father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly? But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that described what must happen now? When you and I see injustice, don't we want it to stop? We want injustice to stop. And even we'll ask, if God is so good, why would he allow that to happen? Here's a question for you. If God is so good, why would he allow his son to undergo such torture? So many people have asked this question over the years. But Jesus had to endure it. Jesus had to go through it. He could have bowed out. But injustice doesn't always stop. Why did the Romans, what did the Romans do to Jesus? The question, what will you do with Jesus in the light of this? Again, I didn't go into a whole lot of gory detail. But you can imagine his back ripped open, exposing to the bone. Most of the beatings occurred that way. You can imagine the loss of blood. You can imagine the pain, then having to carry a cross, then having to be nailed to a cross, being tortured by the Romans, and they even mocked him for it. So the question is, what do we do with this Jesus? What do we do with this realization? I want to talk to us about ignorance today. <laughs> I won't, you don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever called somebody ignorant before? <laughs> Maybe, yeah, don't raise your hand. Ignorance comes in handy every once in a while. I didn't know it was my day to take out the trash. I didn't know it was the last of the ice cream in the freezer. I don't know why you pulled me over, officer. <laughs> Ignorance is the reason the Romans tortured Jesus, the Son of God. They beat him, the Son of God, because of ignorance. The blood that splattered all over them was payment for their sins. The bruises that they inflicted upon him was for their transgressions. The wounds that they inflicted was for their healing. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. But they just didn't know. They were ignorant to what was standing before them, to who was standing before them. Think of all the things that you've done out of ignorant bliss. As a young person, you did some regrettable things out of ignorance. Anybody? <laughs> oh, thank you for those, that honesty today, guys. I appreciate that. I always get that out of Jamie. Oh, yeah, I was pretty stupid growing up. Hey, I'm right there with you. I did some of those, not all those things, but who knows? Maybe I did. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. As a parent, as a boss, as an employee, as a spouse, ignorance can cause pain, right? It can. It can cause pain. I want to look at a couple things about ignorance today. Ignorance may be an explanation for behavior, but ignorance is never an excuse, especially when it comes to the things of God. It can explain behavior, but it's not an excuse. Officer, I'm not sure why you pulled me over and you find yourself in court. 
You can't plead ignorance in court. I want to go over a couple things. Now, this is going to be kind of entertaining here. There's some example of crazy state laws where you could plead ignorance, all right? This is going to be kind of fun. This is a North Carolina state law. Now, as far as I know, these things have not been taken off the books. It's possible they have been, but anyway, according to the resources I had, it didn't say that they were taken off the state books yet. In North Carolina, elephants cannot be used to plow cotton fields. In Georgia, any Georgia people here today? In Georgia, chickens are not allowed to cross the road. In Ohio, now my wife is from Ohio. Who else is from Ohio in here? Maybe second service, we got some people. Ink. <laughs> oh, this is great, Ink. You'll love this. Police cannot bite a dog in order to calm it down. In North Carolina, it is illegal to sing off key. We'll just leave that one alone. <laughs> in Virginia, any Virginia people in here? In Virginia, it is against the law for a woman to drive a car on Main Street unless her husband is walking in front of the car waving a red flag. <laughs> I'm not going to be that husband. <laughs> I didn't write these laws. I did not write these laws. New York. Who else is in here besides Matt's from New York? Okay, Miss, Miss Annette. A person may not walk around on Sundays with an ice cream cone, ice cream cone in his or her pocket. Only on Sundays. In New York, there's a $25 fine for flirting. And I had to look up North Dakota. I had to look up North Dakota, Wyatt. It is illegal to fall asleep with your shoes on. So, <laughs> everywhere, this should be, uh, this is a law everywhere. A woman cannot buy a hat or anything without her husband's permission. I didn't write it. I did not write it, Allison. I didn't. It was just there. It was just there. Here's the point. Ignorance may be an explanation for behavior, but ignorance is not an excuse. Now, fortunately, these laws are not enforced today. But if they were, we couldn't say, I didn't know, right? Just a silly little thing to prove a point. The second point, now all the scriptures are going to be covered from 1 and 2 will be covered here in just a few moments. Ignorance also will not remove guilt. If you were to break any of these crazy, ridiculous laws, you would still be guilty, right? If you went up to Waynesboro, Virginia, and you were driving a car, and you're a female, and your husband was not out in front waving a red flag, that's just dangerous, right? I'll show you. Gas pedal. Jesus addresses the fact that ignorance will not remove guilt. Matthew chapter 11, if you want to turn there with me. Ignorance will not remove guilt. We're talking about the soldiers and ignorance, how they crucified our Lord and Savior. Matthew eleven twenty wasn't that fun, <laughs> guys. 
Matthew eleven twenty says, Then Jesus began to denounce the towns where he had so many of his miracles because they hadn't repented of their sins and turned to God. What sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? For if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, uh, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. I tell you, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on judgment day than you. Tyre and Sidon were pretty wicked places. But Jesus is making the point, had the miracles been done there, they would have repented. And you haven't repented. And ignorance is not an excuse. It does not remove your guilt. Here's the thing that we have to understand, that not everyone will go to heaven. And how many times have you heard this? And, and I, maybe another reality check. How many of you have heard this before where anybody who dies, they're in a better place? You know, that's not always true. Which is why our job to tell the lost about Jesus is so important. It really is. It's so important to tell the lost that, you know what? Not everybody ends up in heaven. It doesn't matter how good you are. Without understanding what Jesus went through and making a confession of your sin and acknowledging that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the only way to heaven, you will not make heaven. It's a sobering thought. Only those who have repented of sin and accept Jesus as their Savior. Peter tells people in Acts chapter 3, this will be up on the screen so you can just make a note of it. Acts 3, 17 through 20. Acts 3, 17 through 20. It says, friends, I realize that you and your leaders, what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. So it was done in ignorance because God was going to fulfill something. But look at verse 19. Now repent of your sins and turn to God. This has happened. Now you've got to repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. Then times of refreshing from the presence uh, will come from the presence of the Lord and again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. You know, Jesus is the Messiah. He, he was the Messiah back when he came. Um, but Jesus is also the one who rescues today when people make a confession of sin. He is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the one sent from God, the only one sent from God who can restore relationship to the Father, the only one. So the question is, we know that we must tell the unsaved about who Jesus is, but... What is it going to take for us to, to actually do that? What is it, and I'm, I'm talking to me today. What is it going to take for me to become super aware of this and just over the top telling people about it, about Jesus? Ignorance will not clear the sin and guilt of the wicked, of good people even, who don't know Jesus. If the soldiers knew who they were killing, I bet they would have stopped. And the only thing now that, that uh, Peter brings up here in Acts chapter 3 is to repent and to turn to God so that your sins will be wiped out. You know what? I bet you, and the Bible doesn't tell us this, but I bet if those soldiers who were responsible for killing Jesus, I bet if they understood and repented of their sins, they would have been forgiven. Because what they did was in ignorance, but there was no excuse for it. It wasn't their excuse or their way out. Sin had to be repented of. 
the question, what will you do with Jesus? Has the suffering of Jesus made a difference in your everyday life? This is important even for us as believers. Has the suffering of Jesus made a difference in your everyday life? We've asked this the past few weeks. Am I a person who is sinning less because I'm starting to understand the gravity of what Jesus went through? You know, these last couple weeks and the next few weeks after, well, next week will be a great week because we'll have the youth and it'll be fun. And I'm not sure exactly what Matt is preaching on um, next week, but, you know, we're going to get back into just this heaviness. And I recognize that. I want us to be aware of the weight of our sin and why Jesus died. I want us to be aware that the person who sits next, sits next to us in school or, or at work, that they don't know Jesus, what their end and their fate will be. And that's eternal damnation away from God. It's heavy. It's big. And I understand that. As we're closing out, um, Lisa, you can come on up. We're going to have a response time here in just a moment. I want to go back to the Passion of the Christ for a moment, the movie. There was a movie critic from the Los Angeles Daily News. His name was Glenn Whip, W-H-I-P. He made an attempt to try to make fun of the movie with his quote. And here's what his quote was in this paper. He said, It's as if Mel Gibson, the director, is measuring God's love by the amount of blood he shows on the screen. if he only knew how accurate he was. It's as if Gibson is measuring God's love by the amount of blood that he shows on the screen. This critic, this guy who's trying to mock this story, did not know how accurate he was. Jesus, God was trying to show how much he loved us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, to be tortured, to be beaten, for his flesh to be ripped apart, for him to lose every drop of blood that was in his body, to where when the the sword pierced his side, blood and then water flowed. Every bit of blood that he had came from his body. And God did that to show the world just how much he loves us, to show the world just how much he loves the lost that are out there. God, help me not stand in condemnation to the world. They don't know. They're ignorant. And it's not an excuse. So, Lord, show them by your Holy Spirit through me. Will everybody respond to this good news? No. There are plenty of people who will make fun of it. Plenty of people. There are people who have heard this good news and they've decided not to follow Jesus. But, Lord, may we do our part. Jesus was tortured for you. On that note, can we just stand for a moment? I want us to have a time this morning where we're just repenting of the sin that so easily ensnares us, as God's Word says. Maybe this morning you've thought of something this week that you have not yet repented of. Can we just take a few moments and... Thank God for his son, Jesus, who was tortured for our salvation, for repentance of sin. And just just take a few moments to make things right with you and God right now. Lord God, would you forgive us?
and we've sinned and fallen short of your glory. God, may we not take the cross lightly. Jesus, forgive us. The altars are open this morning if you just want some time with you and the Lord. We've got 15 minutes left. <laughs> but if you just want to come down front and um, maybe it's not a sin thing. Maybe you just want to thank God for who he is, for his sacrifice. Lord, we're so grateful for the sacrifice that you gave. Jesus, that you were willing to be tortured on our behalf. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, show us those that we need to share the gospel with this week. God, may we have a, a heart that breaks for the lost. While you're praying, I want you to, just while I was praying there, I want you to ask God to lay at least one person on your heart that this week you share the gospel with them. That's a very specific prayer that demands a very specific response. God, will you lay one person on my heart that I can share the gospel with this week? And Holy Spirit, give me the boldness to do it. You may even think, I don't, I'm not sure I know how to do that. Tell them your story of salvation. Invite them to church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Dwayne's going to be coming here in just a moment to dismiss us in prayer. Um, there's going to be a couple elders up here who are available as well to pray for you, to pray with you. Um, Dean and Rachel, I'm going to ask that you guys would hang around just for a few minutes if you would. Uh, Larry and Gail, if you would as well, that would be awesome. Um, but just take these few moments and uh, continue to reflect on what will you do with Jesus today.